0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Basar Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Today, I want to do the other side of the coin, the fight of faith. So we have a rest of faith... And the fight of fight? isn't there seasons in our life where sometimes you just got to rest and say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm just, no, you're in charge. Other times it's like God stirs you up. You've got to fight for something. You've got to possess the land. It's like we've got to move from promise and potential and prophecy into possession. They, they stayed out on the wilderness in the desert and they didn't go in and possess the land until 40 years later. And when they got into the land, guess what? They had to fight to claim it. And to possess it. And so there's a place of rest, there's a season of rest, and then there's seasons where you've got to fight. And it's not all rest and not all fight. There are seasons and wisdom knows which one you're in. And that's the powerful thing. So I want to talk a little bit about that today. And it might seem like it's a contradiction, but it's a truth intention. And that's what life's like. Sometimes you're just resting in faith. Other times you're going to be working real hard. And this is what God wants us to do. Faith is an aggressive spiritual quality, and there's are seasons when you need to fight the fight of faith. And Marilyn and I have found over the seasons that, over the years, sometimes we're just in the battle to claim and break through for our family or our church or our own lives. Other times, you just got this beautiful place of rest and peace, and you just see God doing all these amazing things. But you can't just sit back and pray for a job and then never ever put your name out there and no one knows that you want a job. So it's faith and works go together. It's partnering with God. So I want to look a little bit about the fight of faith. 1 Timothy 1.18 I'm passing this work on to you. This is Paul talking to son, Timothy. The prophetic word that was directed to you prepared us for this. All those prayers are coming together now, so you will do this well. Fearless in your struggle, keeping a firm grip on your faith and on yourself. After all, this is a fight we're in. It's the good faith. There are some, you know, who by relaxing their grip and thinking anything goes have made a thorough mess of their faith. Wow, we've all probably missed missed some opportunities and we've just got overwhelmed, discouraged, depressed, and we stop fighting the fight of faith and then we start to drift. And and our families, our lives can very quickly go into a place of chaos But when we know what God's called us to do, we move from promise, potential and prophecy into possession. Then it's ours and then we can have the rewards of our faith and then everyone else around us enjoys the benefits. And that's what God wants to remind us, that we've got to step up and keep claiming His promises. We've got to keep believing that what God said is truth and will come to pass. And I believe God stirs our hearts the main area that the devil will attempt to bring you down to defeat you is, is in your faith, your trust in Jesus. Right back in the Garden of Eden, Satan showed his, his uh, tactics. He began by saying to Eve, has God said, so doubt. He attempted mind as to whether she had heard from God correctly. Adam had received the command from God <coughs> not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he had shared it with Eve. Eve replied and started talking to the enemy no no you don't engage the enemy because he's uh, full of deception that already had the word one of the first rules of spiritual warfare is never to enter into conversation with the devil he's cunning evil and deceptive and he'll often win debates James 4 7 says so then surrender to God stand up to the devil and resist him and he will turn and run away from you Don't engage him, resist him, and move on in the strength of God. But you've got to start by submitting to God, surrendering. Resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Eve was deceived, and Adam chose to eat of the fruit of the wrong tree, and sin and its destructive consequences came into humanity and into the world. The second great battle for the soul of man happened not in a garden, but in a desert wilderness. Again, the tactic of Satan was to bring suspicion against God's word. He brings doubt about God's motives, questions over whether we hear God correctly and doubts about whether God will keep his word. The original Greek word for doubt means a not. Another word translated doubt was used where Jesus told his disciples not to be of doubtful mind. That was meteorizo. This means to lift up and spin around. Yet another word translated doubt is the word waver, which is used by James when he describes the double minded man is unstable in un in all of his ways that's what the enemy tries to get you in a knot on the inside confused in your mind trust and believe that what I know God says is true and will come to pass that all of our household can be saved that I can live in freedom above this torment or this pain or this brokenness in our lives that our nation can be shifted towards the kingdom of God we've got to believe for that and have faith that gets stronger not weaker not knotted up on the inside Because when you start to doubt and have unbelief rule you just start to lose your your fight and your passion I used to play sport and if you didn't believe you could win you were already defeated before you started the game you've got to go out believing you can win I used to play football in a little school and we'd go and play against the teams in Toowoomba we'd had about 10 times the number of students you'd walk on the field and they were all twice your size and they were run twice as fast we think oh what are we going to do here And we regularly got defeated, but we won a few games because we never gave up. We thought, mate, they are much bigger and faster, but we're going to go out and believe that we can play a great game. And I remember when we did give up, we'd get absolutely flogged. But if we went in and say, hey, we're going to give it the best we got and let's see what God will do. And it was amazing how you've got to have that faith dimension. Satan attempts to bring all these schemes into play when he attacks God's people. Luke chapter 4 tells us how when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, he responds not with conversation, but with commands based on the word of God. It is written. That's what he spoke. Didn't try and reason and debate and say, well, yeah, well, God said, and and I believe it can happen, but I'm not really sure. You've already been defeated when you start going down that track. You've got to say, it is written. The promise of God is. I know that my God is on my side. I know that his promises are true. And so you've got to have some aggressive fight of faith in your soul based on His Word. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. We fight our battles against the powers of darkness with the Scriptures. 1 Corinthians 10.3 says, For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energised with divine power to effectively dismantle the defences behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defence of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, Every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. That's powerful. That's what God's given us in our spirits. That's why we praise and worship. That's why we declare the truth of the Word of God because truth cuts through lies. It's like a laser pew, straight through. You got a little candlelight going, you think, well, I can't really see. You get to out and wow, it's just there. Or you get your, your big uh, spotlight out and you can see everything. And God says, the Word is a light. It's a sharp instrument. It will laser through every doubt and unbelief. It will laser through the opinions of people that will try and hold you back. And we need to know the power of that in our lives. It says mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The Bible says Jesus wants to be our stronghold. So he's our strength and much greater than every other stronghold that tries to destroy us. And we've got to know that strongholds mean they've got a stronghold on you. But Jesus has come to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted, to release us from every chain that would try and hold us down. He's caused us to rise, to soar like an eagle, not be groping around like a turkey in the dirt of this world and sin and shame, but to arise. And faith is what will put strength into the wings of your spirit and your heart. We have to take a stand on the Word of God. God won't do it for you. Here we go, the partnership of, with God. God's given us a spiritual armour, but He's not going to put it on to you every day. You've got to choose to put it on. He's given you all the promises, but you've got to choose whether you're going to pick them up and use them. Well, that's, that's a bit like effort. Yes, that's the fight of faith, the good fight of faith. There are times God will clearly show you it's time to rest because the, the victory's coming because you've already sown. It's not about works. It's partnership with God. It's Him and us together. That's why we pray. God could do it all. We wouldn't need to pray, but He's chosen to say, no, we're going to partner together. I want you to cry out. I want you to exercise my faith. I want you to sow the seed of God's Word. Then we see the harvest. See, it's a partnership together, and it works by faith. So God says, I want you to fight this battle. Put on your spiritual armor. Let it come strength over our lives. How do you take up the sword of the Spirit? You read it, then you speak it, declare it, confess it, profess it, pray it and claim it and when you do that you're exercising faith no matter what it looks like in the natural saying I've wrestled with this depression for so long can I ever get free of it but if God's put a promise in your heart that you can rise above it you can learn to manage it and process life so it doesn't destroy you we often have physical or mental limitations in this life because we're not perfect but you don't give bow down to it you say with your strength I'm going to keep on trusting you and I'm going to make the most of what You've given me. That's what faith is. Doesn't mean you don't have any more pain or no more limitations, but boy, you will rise way further if you keep trusting God. You really will. And I love the people in this house because we've got faith. We keep believing and pressing through, and not get weighed down by it. There are some particular words from God that are spiritual the warfare. They are a reamer or a revelation where the Holy Spirit has quickened a promise or a scripture to you, and when you declare that, something starts to break loose. Something is released when you get a Rema or a quickened word from God in your spirit and your heart. The attitude with which you resist the devil and his lies in warfare is not one of polite request. Back off. It's not going to work. It says to resist him strongly, aggressively, firmly, the lies of the enemy. It meant to be a stern rebuke, an angered repulse, an urgent, earnest resistance. Easygoing people often don't rise up to fight, fight when they should. And naturally, upfront, aggressive people often fight anyone on anything that doesn't agree with their plan and purpose. You met a few of them? Maybe you are one of them. And sometimes God knows our person. Sometimes, oh, well, everything will happen. Just, just cruise, you know. But there'll be times when God will stir your faith and you'll know something's already going on when they start stepping up. Say, no more. We're not going to let this destroy our family anymore. So it's not about personality. It's about who you fight. It's how you fight. It's how you exercise your faith. Ask God to give you a soft but strong discerning heart. Not a hard heart, but a soft but a strong, discerning heart. It's easy for your heart to grow hard from life's hurts and disappointments. When you step out in faith, you will often face some tests and opposition. What are we meant to fight? Number one, not people. Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but how often we end up fighting people who don't agree with us, people who may be a tool of darkness because of their pain and brokenness. because hurting people hurt people. Wounded people end up wounding people. So we end up fighting and reacting to one another and there's conflict and strife and all that goes on and the enemy's just laughing saying, yeah I've got them fighting one another so they're not going to be fighting me or my schemes. So you've got to watch, you don't get into jealousy and anger and rage fighting one another. The enemy will trigger those things inside of our souls. That's why we need to come to Jesus, say God heal me, set me free, let your Word and truth change the way I see myself and others. And so when you end up in strife with one another, I know immediately something's triggered in my soul, or I'm not quite seeing the whole picture of this battle I'm in right now. You've got to stop. As soon as, if you have a good relationship with your spouse or your family or friends, and then for whatever reason, over a period of days or weeks, you're just clashing all the time, you've got to stop and say, What's going on? Is this a scheme of the enemy? Or is stuff coming to the surface in my life that God wants to heal? Because sometimes, to heal it, you've got to identify it, and it's got to come to the surface. And that's when all the yucky feelings, and that's when we push it down and say, Devil, get out of here. Son of the Spirit of God's hearing your cry and allowing strife so stuff comes to the surface, but don't stay in that place of strife and don't keep blaming people. We are so good at excuses, aren't we? Jesus really nailed the guys with excuses, he never let excuses rule. And yet we politically collect well, we let excuses and fears and failures rule our society instead of truth, instead of righteousness, instead of battling the real issues behind the scenes. So number one, love people, don't use them. Love people and use things, don't love things and use people. Whenever you get them mixed up, life becomes destructive. We've all been the victim of it or we've all done that. So number one, don't fight people. Number two, you need to fight Satan and his schemes and lies. Any enemy of God's purposes for your life, you need to discern, say, Lord, where's this coming from and what's going on here? And sometimes it's inside. And thirdly, we need to fight the old nature, our fleshly desires. Boy, the devil gets a lot of credit for things he's never had anything to do with. It's just our own sinful nature that started in the Garden of Eden. But we've got to say, God, help me. I want to fight this... Stronger. I want to see change happen in my life and we've all tripped up and crashed and burned a few times but you're still in church today which means you're still desiring to grow in freedom. You're still in the kingdom of God and we're saying God we're not going to settle for this. We are going to continue to arise and I believe God's wanting to stir his people up with a fight of faith to claim his promises. 5.16 And 17, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Wow, so the more you make space for the Spirit of God, the less those desires can rule you. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder Him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self, life from demanding you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are self-life of the Spirit. You found there's a battle going on inside sometimes. Sometimes it's in your emotions, sometimes it's in your head, sometimes it's in, around your attitudes. There's a battle goes on in this life. But the Spirit of God says if you walk by faith and keep feeding your spirit, the two dogs, the little dog and the big dog, and the neighbours having a battle, say, my dog will always beat your dog. But really, the dog that's going to win is the one you feed. You know, a big bulldog, but if he's not fed for three weeks, he's going to be weak, and a small dog will take him out. It's what you feed is going to um, win the victory in our souls. So, do you feed your life of faith? Do you have testimonies and promises come, or do we allow the old junk to rule over our hearts? And the Spirit of God is there to help us. The NIV version says, so I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so you are not to do whatever you want. At times this battle is very intense and almost constant other times you grow into a place of strength and victory. (coughs) We've got great weapons we pray in the spirit when I host strength comes alive in me. Faith comes alive. It says to pray in the Holy Ghost, because faith will come. It says, use the word of God, the name of Jesus. That's why we sing and speak the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that we're reminded of again today. The power of unity for their God commands the blessing. That's why strife, The James says, where there is strife, there is room for every other evil work. That's why you've got to deal with strife. You've got to deal with dissension and criticism, negativity and murmuring. If you don't, you'll spend another 40 years in the world. When I see strife or hear strife, I say, God, what's really going on here? And we've got to find ways to deal with that so that strife doesn't rule our hearts and our lives. And God wants us to move in victory. Faith works by love. The power of testimonies and praise. Revelation twelve eleven says, Then I heard a triumphant voice in heaven proclaiming, Now salvation and power are set in place, and the kingdom reign of our God and the ruling authority of His anointed one are established. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who relentlessly accused them day and night before our God, has now been defeated, cast out once and for all. They conquered Him completely through the blood of the lamb and the powerful word of his testimony. They triumph because they did not love and cling to their own lives, even when faced with death. The power of the blood of the lamb, which is the finished work of Jesus, and the power of their testimony about who Jesus is and what he's done. That's why there's such power when you share your story. Uh, last week at the men's breakfast we interviewed Hayden and there was over 60 um, men there and it was just so good to hear the story and every time I hear faith stories it stirs my heart I say God if you can do it for them you can do it for me you know one of the original meanings of the word test me is do it again do it again it actually is one of the root words of the, the, the word test me it's story of breakthrough of perseverance of courage it will stir you Say, so if God can do it for them he might be able to do it for our family don't ever stop sharing your story, giving honour to Jesus. They overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, the story of our lives. That's why I love the Transformations graduation. We've got another one in a few weeks' time, and we'll hear some more stories, the, the power of testimony, of stories that overcomes in our lives. 1 Timothy 6.11, But you, men of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, Godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness, Fight the good fight of faith. I want you to ask yourself the question, what fight of faith am I engaged in right now? Maybe you're in a great season of peace and joy and rest. That's great. But most of us have fights around us. Maybe you're at peace, but you're fighting for your family or your grandkids or your parents or your grandparents or you're fighting for breakthrough in the strife at your workplace. God, I want to see the attitudes here change for the kingdom of god take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses i mentioned before when the israelites entered the promised land of Canaan, they were told by god to absolutely destroy their enemies not to make peace with them the old Testament you see physical battles that are a picture of the new testament life of battling in the spirit do you realize those seven arch against the hittites the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Gigashites. Yeah, lots of ites. Do you know that each of them were symbolic of powerful forces? The Hittites was fear and dread. The Amorites was the power of the tongue and slandering and murmur. The Jebusites was about pride. The Hittites was about the spirit of mammon and the spirit of this materialism in the world. And and then the others, I haven't, I did a whole series of them a couple of years ago. Today we don't face any of these enemies, but we do face enemies like the Billites, the Taxites and the Family Feudites. The Billites arrive in your inbox on your computer or in your mailbox. It might be from Ergon energy and looks in and an enormous giant jumps out at you. You look at the amount at the bottom of the page, you think it's an offer for your home. <clears throat> all the joy, peace and love is stolen immediately from your heart. You walk through the house flicking off all the lights. You turn off the hot water shouting everyone that they're not to have another shower for a week. That night you all eat raw vegetables around a candle. Many things can happen that can steal your peace. Don't let the enemy keep stealing your peace and joy. Stand up and resist and fight for what is yours. Your inheritance, your blessing, your healing, your release. Let's stand up and fight for it. Don't let those ites rob from you and steal from your life. Its freedom is ours. Fight and possess what God has given you, your dreams, your provision, your soundness of mind your family, whatever's been tried to be stolen or taken or you've lost, God says for it because it belongs to our us in Jesus' name. Matthew eleven twelve 12 says, From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. Let's be passionate people that take a hold of His promises regardless of the impossibilities. Let's step up And live in that freedom. 1 John 5 4 says, You see, every child of God overcomes the world, for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. As the worship team comes, the last verse that Paul wrote at the end of his life. I intend to live for many more years and decades, but this will be a great verse that Paul wrote for the end. He said, I have fought. Good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Wow, wow, wow. He understood the power of the fight of faith. I have fought the good fight. There's a lot of bad fights you don't need to be in. Don't fight the rallies, don't fight people, fight the schemes of the enemy that are trying to rob you. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Thank you for joining us. The Basic Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.